What's good, good people? Vets, let's talk. We got a special guest in front of the formation today. Staff Sergeant Jermaine Nelson. How you doing, my good brother? Hey, man, I'm good. Happy to be living, bro. How about you? Man, I'm all right, man. I can't complain. Living in my day, you, you know what I'm saying? I can't look at my yesterday and try to get anything from it. But at the same time, I'm just pushing for what I need to get from this day. You know how it is, my brother. Gotcha. gotcha. So, what, what, like, where you at right now? What state? What city? I moved back home to Charlottesville, North Carolina, four years ago, bro. Working at the post office, sitting here doing, getting off, on, getting over on the government time, like we always used to do in the army. <laughs> hey, you heard it from him, not me. I didn't. I wasn't getting up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, how the family doing, bro? Hey, man, everybody all right. I mean, you know, we back home. It seems like everybody pop up now all of a sudden when nobody popping up in Texas. Yeah, nobody want to spend that money to come see you. But yeah. You got to come yeah. see you. So, man, yeah. let's jump off into these questions, man. Do you remember where you were during 9-11? I remember exactly where I was. I was in Bundeswehr, Germany, man. I was um, I was in the aviation unit. We were, that's the first time I had been in the field in two years. We were digging a foxhole. And man, it's like the first time I come running across the field, and you know how everybody just stopped. And you know how you see somebody running, but like they run in slow motion and they fall about to fall, but they don't fall. And we all just stopped and looked at him. Like it was about 12 times, looked like he's about to fall. You know what I'm saying? Then he ran over there to us and told us what went down. And everybody just stopped. And then at that time, they had the, they had the capability to bring in some TVs over there so we could see what was going on. Right. And they brought some television. And they showed up what was going on, so everything in the field just stopped that day. We ain't know what was, what was going to happen next. They're like, well, this is our area of responsibility. But then none of that changed. They just said, we're going to be here in our, doing our field exercise. Y'all going to have the German military outside guarding y'all with real round, and we inside the perimeter with blanks, so and we ain't know what to do. Oh, wow. So it, it was a mess. Yeah, it was a mess. That's amazing. I love hearing those stories. Everybody's got a different story on that. You know, this this first question I'm going to ask you, everybody's got the same thing to say about this first question, but what do you remember about your days of service? Man, it's like 20 years, 20 days, bro. I can tell you, I can remember day one all the way to the last time I took that uniform off the Ramstein journey. Man, day one, I got there. I sat around on the weekend in that damn... That base for basic training that whole weekend, and I got I missed a shark attack. So once I got to my basic training unit, they drill saw just stood there and kept asking me, "Why are you here? Why are you here?" No matter what I said, and it's like there's so many days I can't remember. The last day was where I took that uniform off at the hotel in Ramstein, Germany. I looked at my wife and I said, "I can't be able to take this uniform off for the last time." Oh, I cried that day, man. Oh, I can't wow. believe it. Yeah, cause it was a, it was just a completely. Now I'm, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I know I'm getting this check, but now what am I gonna do? It was just a totally different way of life for me at the time. I just didn't know what was next, but it seemed to all work out there. Hmm. Hey man, thank you, thank you for that, bro. Because usually you get on here, somebody say, oh, you know the camaraderie, but nobody shares those fears of peeling off that yeah. that layer of skin that you was wearing for years. Especially yeah. what came along with it was, you know, the perks and the rank that you yeah. wore. Like people res respected you. Like you go home, you yeah. get on the airplane. Yeah, yeah, I get. It. I'm, I'm on the military. You know, people respect that. 
And a lot of people they they just get on here and say the camaraderie, which is a is a huge thing, but the fears associated with separating from that thing which you had for for many years, bro, is is yeah. it, can, it can be troubling. So, what were some of the fears transitioning out of the military, if any? Well, for me, it was what am I gonna do next? Okay, I'm a, me and my wife accustomed to this lifestyle. I mean, we had already decided, I think six months before, before my uh, before I finally signed out, I had I had 60 days to leave and then another 30 days to miss TDY. So I knew I had 90 days to come up with something. But we had already decided that we were going to Texas. So I mean, we had been online, we bought the house online. And I was just applying for jobs, applying for jobs, applying for jobs. And then we went to North Carolina. We're driving back to Texas. So we flew into Baltimore and they flew us home. And then from North Carolina, we drove to Texas. And as we were driving back, I got a phone call about a job interview at the elementary school, Reese's Creek Elementary. I never forget it. And that's where, that's where I started at, man. It, it was, I started working with special needs kids, bro. And it was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful job, man. It was. And that was that was what three or four three years no four years four years I did that for four years it was beautiful. Hmm. You know that's that's amazing because when I was on the job market I did I was I was subbing to see if I wanted to be a teacher and all I did was the needs and yeah a lot of people think you know you go downrange you know Iraq for a lot of people don't know what downrange is and they think that it, it, it'll be life-changing, which it is. But once you come across a di- like a different demographic people and see that your abilities versus their abilities, and you think like what I got going on is nothing compared to what they have going on. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's different. Like, like, man, this person can't do this and that person can't, this person can't speak. It just yeah, makes you, it makes you look at life a little different. Yeah. So once out, how hard was it for you to adjust to civilian life? Man, at first it was because before I started working at that school, I went to college for a little while. And for me, it was not having to really, yeah, I got to go to class, but I don't have to go to class versus being at formation at 6.30 in the morning from two chiefs. So, I mean, that right there was the biggest, biggest adjustment of everything. I mean, and I would, for me, I started drinking real heavy. But then once my wife sat out and talked to me, and I, once I realized what was going on, I kind of stopped that. I slowed that way down. I kind of got myself together. I went through a little counseling at the VA. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I went through a little counseling at the VA because the forehood I left in 2010 came compared to the forehood I came back to in 2014. It was it was totally different for me. I left as a soldier, I come back to retired civilian, and everything is totally different now. The way they do things is totally different. So I had to adjust. But once I, I got a little few counseling sessions in, and they were mainly it wasn't about the alcohol, it was mainly about adjusting to that life. It was it was um I picked it up and it ended up being pretty good, honestly. That's good. Most people out there, like, okay, you adjusted, but and and that 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 had to take part of, of some type of healing process, right? Because yeah, it was, it was some things that you wasn't really used to. Yeah. So, but 
Like, what advice would you give to somebody out there? I know this is not part of the, the thing that I put on. As far as healing, what would you tell somebody that's this this fresh out 20 years? You know, not even 20 years. Some people five, six years, and they have the mindset, like, what I'm going to do, do the unformed, unseen circumstances. Well, I remember I had a guy I went to base with. He got out at nice. 99, 98, 99. He had a plan. I mean, I didn't think his plan was. He had a foolproof plan. He went and got a job, a part-time job. He was a full-time student. He was in the reserves. I mean, his plan worked to perfection for him. Me, I did the ACAP and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm retired. I just take whatever comes along. Luckily for me, stuff did come along. But I would say, and, and I think I, my mistake was I retired in Germany and moved to Fort Hood. Versus if I'd have been at Fort Hood when I retired, I could have already been networking for jobs. So I guess my, my, my suggestion to everybody is once you know you're getting ready to retire, you know you're getting ready to get out, make sure you know where you're going and start networking in that area before you start the transition phase, about five, six months before. Versus me, I'm, I'm doing a transition phase. I'm already, I'm on leave and I'm, I'm doing the job application while I'm on leave. When I should have been doing them, five, six months beforehand. So I would say, yeah, just make sure you do it. You do it, you do it like about five, six months beforehand. Yeah, it worked for me. I didn't miss a beat. Like I said, I had 90 days, basically 90 days leave. I was still getting paid for it. But make sure you got a, a, a foolproof plan if you start working about six months before you get out. Right. See, that networking, there's that networking again. You have to, that's something I didn't, I just went straight into school full time. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, just like he said, you, you ain't gotta go. <laughs> like you gotta show up the formation, but you ain't gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't gotta go to school. Uh-uh. And the thing about me, where I got lucky was at the elementary school, it was like the president, everybody was at some form, some shape or form. They were all military affiliated, like the principal and the, one of the vice principals. They were, they were, um, one of the principals, she was former Air Force, vice principal, retired army. The other three principals, military spouses. So it was all, and everybody in the school, just about either military, they were either former military or military spouses. So everybody, it was affiliated. So that made it a lot easier because everybody at some, some point in time knew what I went through and we all went through the same stuff. So that made it a lot easier for me, especially when it came to that. Everybody, pretty much everybody, everybody was at some point with the military. So the, the language is kind of the same then. It's, you yeah. know, military town, so, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people here yeah. that work in these jobs are sometimes all military. Yeah. Now so, here, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> This so, is a different ball game. So, so did that take some adjusting? Like you, like all, all around all these civilians? And Bruh, I'm four years into it and I'm still adjusting every day. It, it, I'm telling you, my bosses, co-workers, it, it take a lot just for me not to snap back into Sergeant Nelson. <laughs> it, it's a few, it's like four or five former, former military in here. And I can see that. Sometimes they can see me sometimes and we just be shaking. Yeah, we be shaking sometimes, but boy, I'm telling you, it take, it, it's, whew, it, it takes something. It takes a lot. <laughs> it's different. I'm telling y'all yeah, out there now, it's different. 
when you ain't around that unit, that, them people that was in a uniform, they don't quite understand. Like, cause uh, you, like the directness behind you and who you've been, they don't understand none of that. Everything nah. has to be like, well, why did you? And you'd be like, <laughs> you just shake your head. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Hey, so, okay. With that being said, do you think the military gave you the tools to be motivated, even if it didn't seem like it, there was going to be a, a favorable outcome? Bro, yes. It taught me that no matter what, if you keep trying, eventually you're going to get to where you want to go. As long as you are trying, you're going to get there. Just keep trying, keep pushing. Yeah, you might fall, but get back up and keep pushing. That's what, hey, and I'm telling you, it works. It does. It, there's always a way to get it done. Even like when I was working with special needs kids, okay, sit back. He learns different. Figure out how he learned. Figure out how she learned. Now apply that to help him. I mean, everything, all that, I mean, all, all of it just said, there is a way. You just have to dig deep and find it and keep pushing. Man, my man, that was big. And I, I, I'm glad he sat back and said that because every, every fall, you know, it, it comes with a stand. We don't, you necessarily, you see your fall. You have to, in a way, embrace it, learn from it, and come out the other end dry because, you know, you can't come out of the storm the same way. Uh, if you yeah. forever dry, that's why I said in the beginning, living in my day, you know, yesterday I learned from yeah. it, but today I have to do something with what I learned and move forth with a positive note because coming out of the military, being or going through certain things, you always have to be in a certain mind frame of, some type of motivation, inspiration, or trying to help somebody, pull somebody from, that's the, you know, that goes in the stance of leadership, you know, helping others, helping others progress, changing the mindset of which we thought. And, you know, it's like you said with the alcohol thing, we drown ourselves in that because of the direction. And it's a lot of other yeah. factors behind that, but it's mainly like, like the direction. Hey man, thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your continued service. Hey, that post office. Just don't go post yeah. over the poke, bro. Oh, no. Nah, it ain't going to happen up here. I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you, bro. Really. I thank, thank your family, bro, because you, your wife actually served with you. I don't know. A lot yeah. of people don't recognize them for that. You know, I headaches, they headaches. The same. Yeah. They, they, always, they, they always on the back burner. Your family come last. Yeah. I would like to get a spouse on here one day, <laughs> but I appreciate you, bro. Hey, who's up next for formation? I'm looking for to have more conversation as opposed to me, you know, asking questions, the conversation about some things, especially the, the healing portion, because a lot of people like to talk about that trauma. I want to get somebody on here to talk about healing. How are you healing at the end of the day? Because a lot of the times, once we talk about the trauma, it kind of revisits things and something not all people but some people's mind and, and you know a lot of, i'm not a doctor or anything and i'm telling you not to take your medications that your doctor has prescribed you but some a lot of times those medications that you take cause more problems than what is worth physical and mental but hey that's not for me to decide that's up for you you guys to decide the bottle is not a medication please believe me that that can lead up to other things health-wise too yeah. <laughs> and certain type of thinking man but i appreciate you guys for listening let's let's talk who's up next for formation